Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It's Monday, June 22nd, 2020. My name is Blake Wilson, and I am Lifeline's Vice President of Operation. And today, we are going to be continuing our Bible study in the book of Ezekiel. Today, specifically looking at chapters 14 and 15. So if you have your Bibles, love for you guys to open those up. Really, today, we're looking at a continued theme throughout um, the book of Ezekiel to this point of the coming judgment of the Lord. Um, Today, specifically looking at that um, because of idolatry and looking looking at how um, these children of Israel had fallen away and began to worship idols and and the the coming judgment of the of the father because of their decision and as I was reading and studying this, it just reminded me of a specific story of when I was a kid and in the, in the, in the coming wrath of my earthly father. Um, I remember specifically being in fourth grade and um, my brother and I, who was just a few months older than me, myself, um, just getting just being boys and um, driving my, my mom uh, crazy during the summer. Um, and I just remember her, her threatening, saying, I'm going to have to call your dad if you guys don't listen. And of course, as rambunctious boys, we didn't listen. And soon she was on the phone with my father um, telling him that he needed to come home. And that was never a good sign. And I remember, um, I remember the the feeling of the coming wrath of my father. He was coming home from work and I was in significant trouble. Um, and, and I remember being punished, um, for what we had done. I don't remember what it happened, what we did, but I do remember him coming home in his little white truck. So, um, you know, there is wrath for our behaviors. And I think often we overlook um, the wrath of our heavenly Father, the judgment of our of our heavenly Father, because of the idols that we have in our heart, because we have gone astray, because we have have stored up these treasures in other areas. Um, but the coming judgment of the of the Father is evident, and we're this is what he's talking about in fourteen and fifteen of the book of Ezekiel, and it really starts out in verse one, and it says, "Some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat down in front of me." Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? So in these first three verses, you can immediately see like these, these men, these elders, have stored up idols and were, were worshiping other things and their hearts were not pure. And, and you can hear the word of the Lord saying, Should I, should I let them even come to me? Like, why, why am I even giving them the time of day? Why, why should I let them inquire? Why should I let them ask me anything? Because they're not pure of heart. They've stored up these idols in their hearts, and they have stumbling blocks before them. He, can, he continues in verse 4, and he says, Therefore speak to them and tell them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts, and they put a wicked stumbling block before their faces, and then go to the prophet... I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. And I think it's important for us to look at 
all these these all all of these Israelites, all of these had fallen, all of them had de- de- deserted for an idol, and and I think we can look at this passage and say, oh, these were horrible people, and and these people were were um, so full of sin, and they made these horrible decisions, and I would never do that. But I think the truth of the matter is for us to acknowledge we all have idols. We all have stored up treasures in our hearts and put things um, in a higher place than what the Lord um, has called us to do. We all have these idols in our in our hearts that are buying for our time and and for our attention. And these things should be reserved for God. And I think that we have to to really evaluate our own hearts to be able to say, I do have idols, and to be able to repent to the Father um, for storing up our treasures in places that that they were not designed to do, um, to give the Lord a hundred percent of our devotion, um, and to be able to confess that before Him. So let's let's as we continue to read, let's not just look at this as some, you know, biblical story that isn't pertinent to us today. This is really speaking to to me personally, to you to you um, as staff members that we have idols in our hearts and we have to repent of that um, and give our complete devotion to the Lord. In verse 6, he continues and says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, repent. I think it's a key, repent. It's a key word. Let's not miss that. Turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. All right, so there's, there's the answer. We know that we have idols in our heart and how do I... How do we move forward is that is that we repent, that we come humbly before the Father and we repent um, of our sins. Verse 7 says, When all of the Israelites or any foreigner residing in Israel separate themselves from me and set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet to inquire of me, I, the Lord, will answer them myself. I will set up my face against them and make an example and a byword. I remove them from my people then you will know that I am the Lord. And in, and if the prophet is enticed to utter prophecy, I, the Lord, have enticed that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people. They will bear their guilt. The prophet will be guilty as the one who consults him. Then the people of Israel will no longer stray away from me, nor will they defile themselves any more with all their sins. They will be my people, and I will be their God declares the sovereign lord. You see the people of Judah wanted the ple- they wanted the pleasures of this world and they were just relying on a few godly men to represent them as a whole. But I, but the missing link that that uh, that we want to point out is that each each man is responsible for our own decisions. Each of us is responsible for our own faith and for our own relationship with the Lord. We can't rely on others around us. We can't rely on our families. We can't rely on our pastors or those that we surround ourselves with as justification of our relationship with the Lord. You know, the the Lord in in our relationship is a personal one, is a personal decision for us to um, to follow Him. It's nothing that we can be forced to do, and it's nothing that we can rely upon others to do for us. It's a personal decision. And we can't rest in what other believers have done around us. And I, th- I think it's easy for us to fall into that trap. You know, if you come from a, a strong Christian family, you can easily fall into that trap to say, oh, I was, you know, I've, I've been raised in church or I've been faithful 
um, to uh, to attending weekly with other believers, or I've done this, or you know my father's done this. It's it's not it's we we miss the point of what a personal relationship with the Lord is if we fall into this trap, and this is what we see. Um, it's happening with the children of Israel. They were just relying on a few good men to represent them as a whole. And the Lord is just saying, enough is enough. This is not, this is not how I operate. This is not okay. You have to repent. So he, he, say, he continues in verse 12 and he says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, if a country sins against me by being unfaithful and I stretch out my hand against it and cut off its food supply and I send famine upon it and I kill the people and their animals, even if these three men... Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it. They could save only themselves by their righteousness, declares the Sovereign Lord. Or if I send wild beasts into the country and they leave it childless and becomes desolate so that no one can pass through it because of these beasts. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, even if these three men were in it, they could not save their own sons and daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be desolate. Or if I bring a sword against the whole country and I say, let the sword pass through the land and, I kill, and it kills the people and their animals, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, even if these three men were in it, they could not save their sons and daughters. They alone would be saved. Or if I send a plague into the land, and I pour out my wrath on it through bloodshed, killing its people and all the animals, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would neither save their sons or daughters. They would only save themselves by their righteousness. You know, the, This is repeated four different times in these, this short passage, it is a personal relationship with the Lord. We can only save ourselves and we can only make the decision for ourselves when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. We cannot rely on others around us. So that's why it's so important for us to have this personal devotion with Him. And I think that consistency is, is crucial. You know, and if you're and if you're like me and my family, it's been it's been a difficult season with what's happening around our world with COVID nineteen and not being able to worship together corporately, um, and not being around other believers consistently face-to-face, um, that personal personal devotion is even so much more important. Um, because I, if you're like me, you get encouraged and you get fed when you have that face-to-face time of just interaction with other believers. So I think it's so crucial for us to be consistent in, in that um, personal relationship with, with the Lord to where we can grow and not get sidetracked and not fall into the trap of worshiping idols and storing up treasures in our hearts in in the wrong places. Um, so the Lord, the Lord is really looking for our repentance in um, in our hearts to be able to to um, strengthen our relationship with with Him. Um, so you can see He mentions these three men, and if and if you know know your Bible, or even just a little bit about the Bible, you know that these names, Noah, Daniel, and Job, are really men who were known for their wisdom and their strong relationship with the Lord. Um, you know, Noah, Noah was cited as, as, being, um, as being a man who was righteous and blameless among all the people. And, and, and remember, this is, this is a portion in Genesis where the Lord says, I regret making human beings. So you can s- feel the anger of the Lord but he follows that 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 um, you know that passage up in in a description of Noah of Noah was of righteous and he was blameless among the people he walked faithfully with his God um, and and this is pointed out in Ezekiel of just saying you know Noah 
Noah is a faithful man, but Noah can only save himself. You know, my wrath is coming, and it's his decision. It's his personal decision in relationship um, that will that will save him. The same thing with Job. I mean, you can see his his, his description in, in the very first verse of Job. It says, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright, and he feared God, and he shunned evil. Um, and and again, he was he was mentioned along with Daniel, of of just men who were blameless, who were upright, who no matter what was happening around them, who were being laughed at, mocked at, um, you know, for worshiping God, they held true to their devotion to their Savior, um, and the Lord honored that. And He's reminding reminding us through the prophet Ezekiel of just our devotion to the Lord and how crucial that is with a personal relationship with him. In chapter in chapter 15, um, there's another illustration of just of Jerusalem as a as just a useless vine. Um, and and the first first part of this just talks through um, uh, it says the son of man, how is the wood of a vine different from that of a branch of any of the trees in the forest? Is wood ever taken from it to make anything useful? Do they make pegs to hang things on? And he goes through and he starts talking through, in a sense, how useless um, a grapevine is. You know, you can't do anything with it. You can't make anything from it. It's even difficult to burn um, when you throw it into the fire. It's just, it's just a useless, it's a useless vine when it's not producing fruit. Um, and he compares Jerusalem to this. Is just you're you're just absolutely useless useless to me. There is nothing that I can do. Um, there's nothing that I can do with with you. And he says, in verse six, he says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says: As I have given the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest as fuel for the fire, so will I treat the people living in Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. Although they have come out of the fire, the fire will yet consume them. And when I set my face against them. You will know that I am the Lord. I will make the land desolate because they have been unfaithful, declares the sovereign Lord. You know the Lord's the Lord's judgment is coming, and we've seen this over and over as uh, as a theme so far in the book of Ezekiel, the coming judgment of the Lord. Um, but I think it's important for us in in our world today to understand that you know we're we are not far from um, from these children. In, in this passage in Ezekiel 14 and 15. We are, we are so similar to um, Jerusalem. We are so similar uh, to, you know, the sin that um, is described here and the storing up of, of idols and treasures in their heart. It is so important for us to acknowledge that and to repent of that and to come before the Lord um, as, as we serve Him. So I think let's as as we wrap up, let's just focus this week on the importance of of committing our lives and devotion to the Lord um, to make sure that we identify those idols. It's not anything that we should have to, you know, to to sit and meditate and and think on um, what what occupies our time and what occupies um, occupies our our minds um, is going to come to the forefront. We know what we think about a lot. We know where. Um, we know where our, our heart's desires are lying. So um, let's, repent, let's repent of those this week and, and really refocus what the Lord has called us to do as a ministry.
to where we can further the gospel, to where we can't get, we don't get sidetracked with with things or things that are not important or things that are temporary. And let's focus on those things that are eternal. And this week we're going to be be praying for um, our our family's count um, partners. And this has just been such a a, a neat uh, portion of our ministry to see the Lord just weaving His hand through year after year and just seeing uh, eternal impact happen over and over again through the stories we hear coming out of of this beautiful ministry called Families Count. So this week we're praying for Families Count. Our staff with um, with Tracy and Nate and Leslie and, and Erica, just the, the, the team that we have um, within Lifeline that is just there's focusing their, their time and their talents. Um, just that the Lord will use them that he will speak clearly to them with the direction of of how to uh, of how to lead this ministry, and then also for these upcoming trainings that we have, um, the Lord has given us great opportunities to to expand trainings outside of Birmingham um, into Texas, um, down into Central Florida, of just wrapping around churches and partnering with them to um, to train them to be able to take this ministry into their communities to where we can um, sustain these families and really display the love of Christ to these families um, and these children who are hurting. Um, just also just praying for this, the, the families that are impacted by this training, for the moms and dads um, that we'll be bringing into to the church, um, that the church will be um, just a, an example of Christ and just that they will be pursued by the heart of the gospel and that the Lord will soften their hearts as they come to these these classes. Um, you know, we, we talked about going to... Orlando and, and even into Texas. Um, we have new church partnerships now um, in West Michigan that are uh, eager to get started with this. And we just ask that the Lord grant us favor as we approach the court systems there just to find um, that, that approval to be able to present these classes in, in the state of Michigan there. So just uh, tremendous opportunities as we are expanding expanding families count. And then just finally, just pray that the Lord will continue to move, um, move His church to awaken the hearts of His people, and just that the there will be an openness for um, the acceptance of, of Him to these biological parents, um, and, and for them to lead their families so that their hearts can be transformed, and then they can disciple their children. So, as we just kick off our week, let's just pray that the Lord will um, bless bless our efforts this week, and then specifically for families council. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for the ministry of Families Count, and we are thankful for all that you're doing through this ministry. So God, we we pray specifically for our team this morning as they lead and make decisions and and network with churches just around the nation. God, just give them stamina, give them wisdom. Lord, we pray for protection over their own families as they invest in um, sustaining families around the nation. Lord, may you just protect their families as well. Give them time to spend um, with their families, and Lord, may they disciple their own families well. Lord, just we're grateful for each and every one of them. Lord, we also pray for these expansion efforts um, in Florida, Texas, Michigan. Um, God, you've done great things through the ministry of Families Count, and God, we just pray that you, um, Lord, that you just use these opportunities uh, in each of these these new states uh, to impact families for the kingdom. And Lord, we just pray that you you prepare the hearts of those who are attending. Lord, we know that you've drawn us to these places for a, for a plan and for a purpose. So God, we just pray 
that you um, prepare the hearts of the moms and dads that will be attending these classes. Lord, just make it fertile soil, Lord, that they can hear and receive the hope of the gospel as they attend these classes. Lord, we pray for the trainings for these churches and for these, um, these church staff members, for these lay leaders that will be attending these classes. Um, we just pray for them as they will be attending and traveling and training um, and, and getting prepared for this class. And God, lastly, we just, we just pray um, just as a whole that you can just, uh, Lord, just awaken us to the need around the nation um, for, your, for your gospel to go forward. Lord, may, may this platform of Families Count just be a small portion of, uh, of the opportunity that comes before us as a ministry to further your kingdom and to further your gospel. Lord, may we look at every opportunity we have through every platform um, just to share your name with those who need to hear of the saving hope of your gospel. So, Father, we love you, and we're just grateful um, to serve another week um, and to serve you well. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.